Hello, everyone, and welcome to a slightly delayed 107 podcast. Unfortunately, we had some time penalties we had to serve, just like every other bloody driver on the grid. But welcome. Uh, today, we are going to be discussing the Austrian Grand Prix, which just happened this weekend. Um, and I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good race. How about you, Ash? Uh, I enjoyed the sprint race. Mm, the mixed okay. conditions uh, really mixed it up. True. Um, the race itself, I thought... It's a little bit dull at times. The Lando Hamilton battle. Honestly, the best thing that came out—I say the best. One thing that came out of the sprints was the penalties. I think that's what mm. everyone's talking about. We'll talk about it now. But I mean, honestly, I think <laughs> what really stood out as well was Max was like, "I want to go for the fastest lap on the uh, last yeah, lap." It's right? Just unreal. I, I, I'm sure he knew Sergio had it as well. Oh and yeah. The fact that he was warming up his tires like it was quality. The- <laughs> yeah. Just just shows how far ahead him and Red Bull are, and I was just like, "There's nothing you can say." The the guy is an absolute machine. Like he's a machine, and he has an ungodly machine beneath him. Uh, It's a complete fair play. Fair play to Red Bull and the team to let him do it. But like so much confidence they have in Max not binning it, the pit stop crew giving him a good stop because they could have just like front left fails to go on. Charles Leclerc goes ahead and he wins the race. So, I mean, to be fair, fair to he's so far ahead in the con- in the in the championship that if Max was his own constructor, he would still be winning the constructors. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't like you can't really deny it. If it makes him happy, and yes, there's a bit of risk, <laughs> you know, then you might as well crack on with it. Um, but why don't we go through the weekend? I like I said, I thought it was a decent enough weekend. But why don't we go through the weekend and start off with uh, Friday quali? for the Sunday race. Um, the and then sprint we'll shootouts. move on to the sprint shootout on Saturday and we'll maybe talk a little bit about, you know, the the format, et cetera, et cetera, because this is the second time we've had a sprint Saturday. Uh, but yeah, so Friday quali, uh, yep. Sergio absolutely fumbled the bag. Uh, I think that's very apparent and very obvious. And Nico Hulkenberg has made it to Q3 more times than Sergio Perez has done. And yeah. Nico's in a Haas. Nothing against Haas, obviously. I bloody love them. Uh, <laughs> but the problem is, is that I just think that the the expectations of Sergio are at the very least get to Q3 and get a decent amount of points every single weekend. And it's just been a bit all over the place, really, um, to be completely honest. Yeah, because it was the theme of the weekend was the track limits. He had yeah. his lap deleted, um, which put him out and... Well, obviously, we'll we'll talk about that as it was the theme of the weekend. But mm. I don't think Sergio is at risk of losing a seat. No. But Nico Hulkenberg is really showing to essentially top teams that he's a solid driver. Still. And yeah. I could see him moving to a bigger team in the future. Yeah, you never know. Uh, I think it's certainly on the cards. I mean, he was a reserve driver at Aston Martin as well, so he has those links there too. Um, but I think that for for me, I think that when you when you look at what happened last year when yeah. Kevin came in and Kevin did an absolutely insane job at the beginning of of last season, um, obviously coming in for for Nikita, and then like people thinking that he's really good. And don't get me wrong, I think that Kevin is absolutely brilliant. But then Nico's coming in and proving that he's arguably so far this season even better. So I think that's something to take into account as well, like that he could potentially, you know, 
push those top teams to rethink their their drivers. Um, I think the only thing that goes against Nico is that I don't think he's that marketable. So there's a slight issue, I guess, for for teams that maybe you know want to have a certain image or you know want to attract better sponsors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Again, the- nothing against Nico whatsoever. Absolute lad. Um, but I, I I'm just saying that I think there are more attractive drivers out there within the top teams. If you're talking about marketing, if you put Nico in a car and he gets podiums and wins, he's he's going to bring true. Yeah, very true. People in. Um, I think what's a little bit also unfair to Nico and Kevin to an extent is qualifying. The house just seems to switch on its tires yeah. and does really well. Well, in the hands of Nico, doing really well. Obviously, in the race, that's a big negative, and they just fall back down and fall back down. And yeah, it's maybe they're not really showing their racecraft as well as they can due to the car just easing up its tires. It's very interesting because both the Haas and the Ferrari, both Ferrari-powered engines in the cars and obviously i know that has buy a lot of their components from ferrari as well but both of those cars eat through their tires really really quickly so I, i'm not saying that it's linked necessarily to the pu but maybe there's something in there maybe the way that it delivers torque through corner exits or engine braking maybe wears on the tires too much or i don't know it could be aero i am not entirely sure but it's just something that i've noticed um yeah yeah it's a similarity and you can't deny that really no, so I think, and it'll be interesting to see because if Haas do get on top of those tire issues, like they could become a solid, solid midfield team. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so, but anyway, uh, going I, back to Friday quali, uh, Ferrari yep. showed a decent amount of pace as well, didn't they? They did two and three. Charles yeah. Leclerc um, put in an amazing lap. Yeah. Would you say he's the best qualifier on the grid? Mm. Considering what he's doing in that car probably but then again at the same time he does crash half the time i think well he's he's just so on the edge yeah like when he pulls it off he pulls it off. that's the issue you look at at baku yeah but he's so on the edge look at baku look at miami yeah like he either puts it like so close to being on pole or probably would put it on pole if he was on it you know in a slightly better car but then the issue is, is that half the time he bins it, so it's it's pretty difficult to um, to you know say that yes, he is the best qualifier because I don't know. I mean, arguably Max is the best qualifier. Nico is very good at qualifying. Lando is very good at qualifying. So so is so is George, and so is Lewis. So I I don't I wouldn't say yes, one hundred percent the best qualifier purely because he bins it maybe thirty to forty percent of the time. So which is a real shame. But I'm very glad that he didn't bin the Ferrari this week. Uh, they had a couple of new upgrades, which is awesome, and seemingly they're working pretty well so i think next weekend should be should be good as well but those those uh upgrades i guess brought them that little bit closer to to red bull um but obviously not close enough because max verstappen is an absolute animal uh lando p4 was also a pretty good result for mclaren obviously they brought new upgrades to to austria which i was very happy about and they seem to work pretty well uh, and they've got more upgrades coming next weekend as well. And also Oscar will have all of those upgrades, I believe. There might be one or two differences. Um, but I believe that Oscar will also Oscar Piastri will also have most of, if not all, of those upgrades too. So we could see the McLarens pushing up a little bit next weekend. Or this weekend, I guess, because it is race week for the British Grand Prix. 
Um, but was there anything else you wanted to mention around Friday quality, quality or build on build on the McLaren or Ferrari bits? Uh, so with McLaren, um, the upgrade package is seventy five percent here. Oh, sorry, yeah. not seventy five, fifty percent here. It was twenty five percent Silverstone and twenty five percent in Hungary. Yes, yeah. So, um, it, so it the could... full potential of that car should be shown in Hungary if yeah. the upgrades are doing their job. Which in Austria on Lando's car, I think it'll be interesting to see how much of it was upgrades and how much of it was Lando at the track, because we know he does quite well at Austria. Ironically, so, you said 50% upgrades. I think it was 50 upgrades, 50% <laughs> Lando. Lando is absolutely <laughs> unreal in Austria. Um, yeah. And I think it will be very interesting to see how well the McLaren does in Silverstone yeah. um, with the 75% upgrades uh, uh, for, for what they want. But also purely because and again we're, we're bleeding into next week's ne- next week's or next podcast um but i think that because silverstone is quite similar to barcelona in terms of track conditions and bits and pieces that i actually think that the mercedes and the aston martin cars will be higher up the grid and i think that will push the mclarens further down back to sort of where you'd expect them to be right now the anyway. aston martins will be higher up yeah because they didn't really have the best spain race did they i think they'll the they'll be higher up for for sure higher up than than they like i guess lance was end of the race without penalties god we yeah. keep bringing up the penalties anyway uh that's enough for the for the quality uh wait, wait. one thing i want to do ooh. point out the quality oh god yeah yeah no just some respect to alex albon for getting it into Q3. Oh, yeah, but the problem is, is that if we bring up Alex Albon, we'd have to record for hours. You will record for hours. Do you know he's going to be in uh, London on Wednesday, I think, doing like a fan event? Yeah, there's like so a So I was walking thing, through yeah. Piccadilly Circus where the, and it, it was rammed already. So I don't know if Williams, because they've got to pop up there mm. with old cars and stuff. So I don't know if they've already started doing some stuff, but the amount of people going in and out was... And that was like on a Monday afternoon. Yeah, so I think it's it's also partly because Williams are celebrating their 900th Grand Prix. Um, is it 900? No, it's like, like is it 900th? No GP idea. weekend or seven hundredth or something like that. It's like the, it's like a like a special uh, special Grand Prix. Uh, yeah. Williams F one. Well, I'll I'll find out anyway. Um, but yeah, so so Williams have got a little oh god, bloody Windows virus shit. Um, but yes, <laughs> eight hundred Grand Prix. Um, but technically, because we had the Imola race cancelled, it's actually only their seven hundred and ninety ninth <laughs> Grand Prix, and their eight hundredth will be in Hungary. But I think they're just uh, sort of going, ah, well, you know, not, you know, we'll celebrate like, it anyway. You, it's a home British race. Team, yeah. British team. Like, yeah, British Grand Prix. I think yeah. like they're gonna slowly sweep it under the rug. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but I love, counting. I love it. He's counting, right? Um, <laughs> but we could, uh, we could potentially even see something special on the Williams, like special sticker or whatever it is. Um, so, so yeah, which is which is yeah. really cool. Uh, but yes, they did they did pretty well um, in in Austria, which is pretty yeah. well. Alex Albon did pretty well <laughs> in Austria. Um, not so much for uh, our favourite American. Oh, we're actually recording this on the fourth of July, so happy Freedom Day to uh, my main man, uh, my main man Logan Sargent. Um, yeah, let's <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into the sprint race. Yeah, um, uh, sprint, sprint sprint Saturday. Out. Sprint Saturday. Uh, um, standard top two. 
Yeah, standard top. Well, no, we can't say standard top. Ah. Sergio isn't there. Standard pole position, but Sergio's up there. Kind of shows what he could have done in proper qualifying. Yeah, and Lando in on the uh, Lando P three third spot. So well done to him. Yeah, I think and Nico uh, in P four. Yeah, Nico so. making P four is absolutely brilliant as well uh i guess technically into q3 again for nico although not yeah. proper q3 because obviously it's a sprint quality so it's slightly different but again he did pretty well as well um but one thing i did that did surprise me was the poor mercedes performance um you had you know lewis didn't even make q2 technically or the second round um yeah. which is mad um yeah. so but i i will defend mercedes right now uh, and I think that is because the car was set up for the Sunday race. So they weren't set up for wet racing. And so their car, because of Park Ferme, wasn't optimized essentially for the wet weather. So I think you have to give them a little bit of leeway for that. However, all of the other cars were also set up for, fry, for, for, for yeah, dry running. Yeah, I think so. the, the upgrades either didn't work the truck didn't suit them something's like that i mean you know obviously toto said it throughout the race we know the car's bad yeah right? yeah so yeah it's we'll, we'll see what happens at silverstone because yeah. it's a, a different track they did well at spain mm. um just to see is it just a track thing or have they stored with their updates but yeah. yeah and then the results were again red bull one and two carlos getting up there did you see the uh, little plaque that they gave them i really liked that i thought that was really cool no i thought that was very cheap what right yes no i I I kind of liked it i mean it's better than the medals i'd rather the medals but (sighs) oh no wasn't yeah i'd rather a medal i i I think i thought the plaque the plaque is something you can get off f1 authentics with a bit of bodywork (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah but i it it honestly looks like something you just like uh corporate work event awards I mean, this is Formula One. Give them something a bit more. I, I guess Formula One ish. I don't know. Then again, you say that, but the person who puts it on pole gets a bloody tiny wheel. So I mean, you're talking about glamour, and you're just being given a wheel for putting I mean, it on pole. So you know, although it is a lot better than the rubbish hat that Charles Leclerc was given in Baku. Do you remember that? No, I don't. He just got given like this Pirelli hat with a load of paint splatters on it. <laughs> he was just like, "Oh, great, cheers!" Was like, that for that putting it. it on pole? Yeah, for putting it on pole in Baku for the uh, for the sprint race. It was Why just don't like... they just keep the wheel which they sign? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I think they should just keep the wheel. I th- I think yeah. most of them do. Uh, I think Lance Stroll kept his um, from his well, pole in Turkey a couple of years ago. Um, I believe what? the tire is for the drivers to keep. But I think you're thinking of obviously when Lewis was putting it on pole and he was just like, ah, I don't need any more of these wheels. I've already got 900 of them. So you can have it. Well, no, yeah. Didn't he say, like, uh, so what happens with it? And the guy's like, we give it to you. He's like, do you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Unless it's the thing with the team where the team keeps everything, right? And they give him a replica. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, if if you win a Grand Prix, let's say you finish first and you have a trophy. That technically belongs to the team nine times out of ten. However, you can have it written into your contract that either you keep it or you get given a replica. And teams can buy replicas or you yourself, the driver, can buy the replicas as well. 
Um, but that's also why now drivers are given medals because the medals is 100% theirs. It does not belong to to the team. Um, but some of these replicas can cost like 50,000 euros. Like it's it's a lot of money. But then again, when you've won a, a Formula One race, I reckon you've probably yeah. got 50,000 euros. And if you're on like 40, around. 50 million a year. Yeah. Because um, yeah. Yeah. didn't Lewis have in, into his contract, I don't know what, if there were other ones, but he wanted the British GP one. Mm. And to make sure that he got the one that he lifted on the podium, he scratched it just to make sure like, this is the authentic real Did not one. know that. And, and was not swapped with a replica, yeah. So I don't know if it was the first race he won or whatever, but yeah, the trophy he was given, he scratched it just to make sure. It's like, but they're not going to swap it with a replica. <laughs> nice. So he probably scratched Sorry. it with one of the 800 earrings he has. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so sprint race itself. Let's talk about Red Bull. Okay. First couple of corners were <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah. Like being pushed onto the grass and like the, the, the well, the lack of traction, lack of traction, like it was absolutely mad. I am very surprised that they didn't come together. Like I'm, I'm actually quite surprised because I, I feel like if because it was it was Max that got pushed onto the grass. I feel like yeah. if Max didn't have utterly unreal wet weather driving abilities, and if it was the other way around, so you'd had Max push Sergio onto the grass. Sergio would have spat out. I'm pretty sure of it. Like, so? it, yeah, I I think it was absolutely ridiculous. Like that grass was, was very wet, um, and obviously you get zero traction on on grass pretty much in those Formula One cars in those conditions. Um, so I think it's quite lucky that they didn't they didn't come together. But then also Max didn't give Sergio any room uh, on the on the well, corner I- into turn three. Um, which caused Lando to go into anti-stall and drop back about five places. So yeah, I, I was I think pissed. that um, Sergio knew Max was there and he wanted to be like, get his elbows out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because um, it's his only chance because if he lets Max yeah, go, he'll never he see him to, again. Um, he didn't want to cause him. And then he's like, oh shit, he's on the grass. Yeah, okay, let's yeah. give him some space. And because he did that, I'm 100% sure Max is like, I'm sending it into turn three. Mm. Whatever happens, happens, right? Yeah, and, pretty sure. Um, yeah, but apparently, so apparently, Sergio didn't know that Max was there. He knew he was there. Apparently, I'm yeah, I'm he, only saying apparently. More than I mean, likely. they talked it out after the race. He knows he was there. He's, he knows, he knows yeah. he's there. Uh, Max will have seen through that. Um, but I feel <laughs> like the the not giving him any room into turn three, like Max not giving Checo any room into turn three, is just straight out of the Max Verstappen playbook. Like there's no there's no like, oh it was an accident. No, Max knew exactly what he was doing. Um, yeah no, he was doing it because yeah. Sergio pushed him off. But I feel 100%. like Max would have done it anyway. Even if Sergio hadn't pushed him off, I reckon Max would have just gone, nah, no, it's I, my I think- corner, I'm going through. No, nah, no, nah, I think Max will like, I'll, I'll get him in time. Uh, but either time. way, I think each driver had, I think it was 50-50 the battle. So I don't think that like, all oh, Max should be penalised for dangerous driving or whatever and blah, 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 or Sergio should be penalised or anything like that. It was also wet weather racing. So I think that there's always a bit of leeway given um, for sure. Um, but it was certainly a very interesting first few corners and not really that much contact for the first few corners either. So, which was pretty lucky, um, especially well, in Yuki, the Yuki had some contact. Uh, yes. Yeah, so obviously Yuki had a bit of contact and then went right off into the gravel into turn four, I believe it is four. I think it's called turn four. Um, yeah. but after essentially the first proper where it would have been DRS zone, 
um in in austria um and then obviously he had to had to have some damage fixed um but i think i think it was a reasonably clean sprint race um and there was changing conditions so yeah. uh some drivers gambled and and went on to drives with uh george russell um yeah, uh, pitting he was on the winner first. Out of that gamble. yeah he was de- definitely the winner out of that gamble one thing i would like to mention is valtteri bottas trying to go on mediums at the beginning of the race is ballsy um but from 19th position you've got nothing to lose so you might as well give it a go in complete honesty um because all valtteri would need to do is just pit at the end of the um the like warm-up formation lap um if he didn't feel feel like you know the tires were good enough and then just switch to inters and that's it like you don't really lose anything so i think it was a very good idea to gamble from alfa romeo slash valtteri bottas whoever's decision that that really was it's a Um, it's a sprint shootout yeah you know there's not that many points involved you might as well see what you can do exactly if it works it works if it doesn't you don't lose anything absolutely um but yeah the changing conditions meant that uh george managed to go from out of the points to into the points uh, a couple of people dropped out of the points as well um but uh oscar piastri also capitalized pretty well from the from the changing conditions as well which is good um but it was it was interesting racing for sure yeah um, I wish Sunday just had the changing conditions. Yeah, Sunday and changing uh, changing conditions would have been fun for sure. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I still think that Sunday's race was was entertaining. Um, I've got no issues with Sunday whatsoever. I thought it was a good race. So, what are your thoughts on Sunday? So Verstappen disappeared into the wind as per usual. Um, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, the one thing that I didn't like, by the way, is that Max pitted which let Leclerc go into P1 temporarily, which means that Max lost his streak of 249 laps led, um, which I think was like third or fourth most amount of laps led consistently. And it meant that Max didn't have a grand slam. (laughs) So that I was like, ah, Max, what you're playing at type thing. Um, but uh, it's it's such a ridiculous thing that you know just purely because he pitted slightly early, he didn't get a grand slam, which he's had like three of this season or something ridiculous. Uh, but he disappeared into the wind, into the wind, um, and then the battle behind Verstappen for the the other two podium spots uh, was pretty good. I think that Signs was very clearly the faster car, but Ferrari not letting or not switching Signs and uh, Charles, uh, I think, was the wrong decision personally um and ferrari's communication on the team radio you could hear that they just they just have no idea what on earth is going on and then strategist carlos came out and just essentially did everything himself (laughs) which is a complete joke um it's very very frustrating that ferrari seemingly think that they can win races on heritage alone they need to improve their teamwork if they're going to go back to the top of the top of the grid yeah, I mean, I think the DRS may have helped Carlos a little bit um, just to keep up with Charles. Um, and I think it's right they didn't swap him. They, they, there was no way that Charles was going to go after Max. Uh, sorry, Carlos was going to go after Max. And I was like, look, if you've got the DRS, overtake him on track. True, but so. I, th- I think I think Carlos was told to stay behind. It was team orders. And I think that if that wasn't the case, I think Carlos would have overtaken Charles and gotten away with it. And like like literally, like Charles, I don't think would have gotten P2. You reckon? Nah. Yeah. 
that's like so. at that time anyway we all we all know that Sergio ended up p2 after penalties and blah 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 but we'll we'll get on to that uh, p3 p3 uh no after penalties no yeah. charles got p2 i i could have sworn carlos after- uh ah, no. yes yeah, sorry i yeah i got confused carlos, it was yeah, yeah. sorry because carlos got set carlos was uh so sergio got p3 yeah which he took off carlos in the race yeah uh, but carlos got knocked down because of penalties yeah, that was it I and then lando those. went up yeah and then lando from went up five to four yeah which is just yeah the penalties were ridiculous and you know for a fact that the fia have messed up because they had to post an article explaining why the race results changed four hours after the race that's when you know that you've messed also, up. Also, uh, would they have done it if Aston Martin didn't? I don't it? think they would have done it had Aston Martin not said anything. I so, genuinely don't think they would have done. Um, but yeah. we'll we'll come back onto penalties in a minute because uh, we still have some some pr- during the race bits and pieces to run you through. Just as want well. us, we we might as well um, just name this a Lando Norris podcast. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. The next point I have is about Nico. So piss <laughs> off. Uh, so the. <laughs> So I wanted to say that it was speaking of penalties and and lap times being deleted. Nico Hulkenberg got a track limits warning for retiring the car. What? Yeah, did you not know that? So Nico Hulkenberg How can you get a track limit warning. Exactly. For <laughs> Technically, all four wheels of the car were off the track. However, he got a track limit warning for retiring his car. Right. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying that the FIA have very clearly not done a particularly good job this weekend in terms of rules and scrutineering and all that fun stuff. They just haven't. Um, it's been a complete shit show, essentially. Um, it must be this. Well, it might be the automated system, which it just naturally detects four wheels outside well, of the. If the automated track. system worked correctly, then why on earth did we have to wait four hours for all these penalties to come in? So I would Maybe argue that so they've many. Messed up. It was like a, it was just like a long scroll. Apparently, there were okay, one thousand two hundred potential track limit okay. violations. So it I do understand down that it's like all of a, the servers and machines. Yeah, and apparently, yeah, they had too much data to deal with. But yeah. at the same time, like I, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, so Nico de- genuinely got a track limits warning for retiring his car. Uh, which is absolutely insane. But Nico was doing reasonably well up until he had to he had to retire his car, which is a bit of a shame. Um, and then speaking of the the Haas team as well, uh, K Mag's battle with Nick DeVries was pretty interesting. Um, and I think K Mag sort of had a, a decent enough battle with the other Alpha Tower as well. So it was nice to see some good battles happening behind. Um, and I know yeah, that we complain. Loads of great battles. There yeah, was and... Carlos and Sergio, which was really good. Yeah, and Carlos was out of DRS, in of DRS, out of DRS. So well done to him to keep it as far back as possible. Lewis and Lando was really good. Yeah, um, obviously really ahead of the team radio. Like, he's going off. He's going off penalties. So yeah, bar literally bar backs racing is actually really good. Yeah, the racing's yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. Behind P one. Yeah. <laughs> uh which is just absolutely ridiculous um but yeah i i thought it was a pretty good race i i think that the battles were good um and i think austria lends itself to having really really good battles purely because of where the drs zones are and like the the setups that you have to go into these drs zones as well there are multiple places on track where there are multiple 
overtaking opportunities. It's not just, oh, well, DRS and then we'll get round and that's it. There are actually corners that you have to, like heavy braking corners that you have to, you know, think tactically about the positioning of your car and stuff like that. And it's a really awesome track. And it was really, really nice to, to watch this race. Yeah, no, um, it, it, like we said um, last week, Austria always brings good racing. Mm, yeah. Multiple DRS zones, multiple points to overtake and just different lines to take as well um so yeah good battles throughout but it was it was also quite interesting watching lando take the traditional wet lines during the sprint race as well like everyone was typically taking the normal racing line or most drivers ahead of lando were taking the typical racing line and then you saw lando not going anywhere near the apex and just sticking to a like traditional wet line that was quite interesting to see the comparison between the two um just a note that was all thought yeah. it was, no, thought some, it was some drivers have certain lines three corners that yeah. suit them suit the car yeah exactly yeah get. if it suits their style so i know felipe massa had a few lines in turkey which um, he did quite well at so mm. again with uh lando at austria he probably just knows like this works for me and how i drive yeah exactly oh it also plays into the car as well and lando had a very good weekend obviously finishing p5 and then p4 after all of the penalties which we will we will run through in a minute um but firstly let's talk about that max pit on the last lap uh, like what more can we add since the start, yeah. start of the podcast yeah. like literally it's like i, I want to go first fast lap team like you know we're in a good position uh, not... here it's like now nah, i'm coming in but he put in the lap he the team put in the pit stop you know one mistake and he's lost that race and just Max just showing like how his dominance and like I said it was an absolute joke just watching him on the straight weaving yeah. <laughs> weaving just to warm up the tires and yeah but I guess you know what I think most drivers would do the same in Max's position if you yeah. have a chance of fast slap like, yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna go for it so yeah I, I just think he's literally it's it's literally Formula Max and Formula One pretty much yeah um again that's exactly why obviously i i joke about like formula 1.5 because it's you just remove those top teams um yeah actually one thing i want to talk about is the aston martins didn't really have the best race yeah like Uh, i said i think i think that the track just doesn't suit their car yeah i think that that's pretty much it um yeah yeah i expect them to do better in in silverstone but they were they were just kind of tootling around fifth sixth seventh yeah. Now, I know um, Fernando tried to make a little bit of a push Excuse me. when Lando and Lewis were, bless you child. Thank you. <laughs> when Lando and Lewis were having their little battle, but um, yeah, they weren't really able to really make an impact on the podium positions. So. Yeah. And yeah, yeah Mercedes. They, was, they were stuck behind the, the McLaren for a, quite a while as well. Yeah. And yeah, and the Mercedes again, like, I mean, Toto's comments summed it up, right? They, it looked like they'd taken a step, but in Austria, it just feels like they've gone backwards. So, yeah, again, like it could said, be the track. We'll see I, what happens at Silverstone. I but. think it's partly the track, partly the fact that, especially during the sprint race, they weren't set up for wet weather racing. So, But Silverstone should be interesting. I can definitely see uh, a Mercedes on the podium. Uh, you think so? Yeah, I can. I can see that happening. I don't think so. I, I I think it could happen. We'll do our um, predictions in a bit. But yeah, yeah, anything else you want to talk about the race before we move on to... No, let's jump straight you... into penalties. <laughs> I think <laughs> well, we you should and... jump straight in. <laughs> okay. it's a complete 
just it, it shouldn't happen um i think do you remember when uh i think it was alonso he had his like podium taken away from him or it was like earlier on in the season somebody had their podium taken away from them and i can't remember exactly what it was but it was like an hour afterwards george george had a podium in saudi in arabia saudi arabia and then it got taken away from him um yeah. and it just no, no, wasn't it alonso like was that. on the podium and then they looked at it and they said actually in that penalty you worked on the car by putting the rear jack on yeah and then they took it away gave yeah, it to george that was it yeah. and then aston martin protested it and then didn't like mercedes going to deliver it to aston martin and yeah there, and so alonso so yeah alonso got his podium taken and george got his podium taken and alonso got it back but yeah yes i think the point you're trying to make is the timing post-race yeah i think penalties that... because it doesn't have an impact in the race if you know someone ahead of you has got yeah. a penalty or you've got a penalty you either want to close that gap, build that gap. Well, we're at Austria, right? We all know the infamous Lando's first podium was because Lewis Hamilton had a five-second penalty and Lando had arguably the lap of his career, um, well, the best lap of his career essentially so far, where he managed to get within five seconds of Hamilton and was on the podium, right? If you know in your head the driver ahead of me has a 10-second time penalty or a 5-second time penalty and they haven't served it, or maybe it's earlier on in the race and you know that you have to make it to like a certain point so that you can overtake them while they're in the pit because they're going to be there longer or whatever it is, it changes the race so much. Rather than just after the race, everyone getting a stupid amount of penalties, it, it takes away some of the fun because you never know. Maybe... Like like Ocon, Max was given a thirty second time penalty and now no longer wins the race. Like you just don't know. Like it's like it's such a weird thing. Like maybe they even got so many penalties that Max went from I don't know P one to P five and doesn't even get anything. So and like it's it's just really stupid that like these penalties come so far after the race. I understand the right of review and trying to say actually FIA you didn't look at this please look into this because we feel as though this person didn't serve their penalty correctly or or um, actually Ocon broke track limits even more so he shouldn't get 30 seconds of time penalty. It should be 40 or whatever it is, you know? Um, but I, 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 it's just not right. And it seems to be happening more and more often. And I feel like it's... For, for this uh, race, race weekend, Austria, right... You had a worrying amount of track limits violations, right? And I genuinely think that that is 75% the driver's fault. There are white lines. Stay within them. If there was a wall off of the edge of that white line, you would not be breaking track limits because you would crash every single time. So I, I think the majority of the blame actually lies within the drivers. You're telling me that Espan Ocon broke that rule so many times for track, track limits that he had a 30-second time penalty added on post-race. Do you know how many times that would have meant that you broke those track limits? That's like every other lap. Like, there are white lines there for a reason. Use them. It's not that difficult, as far as I'm concerned. Again, I'm not a professional Formula 1 driver. I can't really talk too much. But at the same time, like, come on. You can't break them that often. Um, I think the only one that really you could argue that 
sort of justified like you know he tried his best so probably yuki and he had a five second time penalty like he tried his best to stay in unlike fucking estevan or nick devries who had a 10 second time penalty and a five second time penalty um to me it's just yeah 75 percent drivers you know where the white lines are stay within them it's your own fault however the detection for going over the white line very clearly isn't right or the fia weren't prepared for having all of those violations happen so uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, I do apologise. Uh, <laughs> you I went on a little mind. rant there, but I, I, you can't really like again. Oh, I'm obviously, <laughs> I'm going to be very sorry. I'm going to be very opinionated, but at the same time, I'm not entirely wrong. Something needs to change there because that it's just not right. So I think the first thing the FIA need to do, and I think this is more for fans, I'm guessing the teams should know this, but if they don't, it's a bit worrying. Is they need to come out and explain how they detect track limits and how they give these penalties at how long is it right because it's like three strikes black and white flag they need to explain that to the fans so the fans understand secondly if all these drivers are getting penalties and i totally agree with you their drivers should keep in the white line they have to look at the nature of the track and see why is it so difficult for them to stay in and uh again agree with you that it should you know where the white lines are, right? I know it's a little bit difficult in the cars with the bigger tires and stuff like that. Um, but then I think one of the unique things about Austria is obviously where they were going off is very high speed. Yeah. Um, but they can't put in gravel traps or certain things because it's also used as for motorbikes, motorbike yeah. racing. Yeah. They can't GP, put a gravel yeah. trap there. So that's where the big uh, intelligent people, I say, that's a big, oh, I say big, I say big brain, big brain people at the <laughs> FIA need to work on a solution that's like put something there that works for both types of vehicles. Uh, But I think the main thing they need to come out is explain, this is how we detect track limits. This is how long it takes us to hand out a penalty. And this is why we did, why 1200 things came up. And this is why we didn't do all of them. To be fair, they did explain. They did explain. Yeah, but afterwards, right? Yes, way (laughs) too late, yeah. Way too late, right. They they could have easily come out after Friday quali, where they had, like, I think it was like 56 lap times were deleted or something around that, something ridiculous. Um, Lap times were deleted because of track track limit violations. And it's like, maybe on Friday, you should have come out and explained to the fans exactly what was going on. And then maybe even prepared yourself for Sunday uh, or prepared yourself even better um because there are millions of data points and stuff like that so i'm sure there's a way of calculating it yeah no um i I just i think yeah part of the problem i think the sport has and this is really annoying which i Mm. think which should have been solved with netflix is the lack of clarification rule enforcement stuff that the fia do and how the stewards work that the fans don't understand and yeah. it causes a lot of frustration it's yeah like, why it are you giving does. this penalty why is it taking you so long if they understood the why all right i understand you've got to look at a load of camera angles and that takes a little bit of time and maybe one of the stewards is giving you this point of view another steward is giving that point of view because all you see in the post-match uh, post-match post-race pdf that they put out is like the stewards discussed car number 44 was at fault because of it. it's like but how yeah. did you get to that decision yeah. And then when fans start to kind of understand that, then they're like, oh, it's taken so long because of this or because of that. Or they've said that we understand it's taken so long, which they did come out and say afterwards, we're going to work on it by seeing what we can do with the track and see what we can do with our system. They just don't have 
that clarity, which we see in other sports, right? If you look at football, why did the referee make that decision? Why did he overturn this? Why did he not look at VAR? Yeah. And it just causes fans frustration. Yeah. And they would be so much more empathetic with stewards, with the FIA, with every sporting referee who said, this is why we did it. This is what we saw. Yeah. Uh, I can kind of understand it. I might disagree, but I can kind of understand it. Yeah, so, there's more reasoning given. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe this can segue because we're talking about tracks sure. and changes that need to be made mm. was the sad death of, I've got it up here because I don't want to say his name wrong, Dilo Van Toff? Uh, uh, Delano. Delano, sorry, Delano Van Delano, Toff. Delano, Delano, we'll go with Delano, I'm, I'm 99% sure. Van, uh, Van apologies Toff. if we're saying it incorrectly, um, who sadly lost his life at Spa. Um, I don't know, there's enough information hasn't been given out yet but a lot of it seems to be down to the nature of Eau Rouge the circuit itself especially that corner yeah um the I think it was uh a last lap kind of similar to Abu Dhabi 2021 was like we're just going to go racing on the last lap and perhaps they should have ended it under safety car conditions yeah I I 95 percent blame the stewards with this one to be completely right. honest, I think that the stewards are at fault for his unfortunate accident and obviously death. I think it's horrific. Yeah. It, it is absolutely horrific. Um, but the for those of you who don't know, the conditions were awful. Like, they were absolutely awful. If you remember last year to when Lando binned it at Eau Rouge um, in the wet um, and Vettel followed up and like check lander was okay and he was like it's red flag 20, red 20, flag 21, 21. sorry tw- was it 21 i do apologize yeah because yeah. um, he was so, in the bigger cars yeah yeah so and i first of all i thank thankfully we have so many safety features on formula one cars now where like obviously accidents are reduced and lives are saved i mean look at uh joe at the british grand prix last year like if that was 20 years ago he's gone like without the halo he's gone that's it but um uh, and um, so to, to let me, sorry let me just stop you there because you mentioned something which was the track right so mm. let's put the stewards aside yeah you've got lando had his instant there i think yeah. k-mags had a really bad crash there yeah fernando, fernando saved uh, an accident there because fernando alonso has ridiculous car yeah. control um he almost had an accident i believe during the same race that kevin binned it there as well yeah. um antoine hubert sadly lost his life yeah there do you think that changes stewarding aside the fact that it was wet and they shouldn't have gone racing do you think changes need to be made to spa to prevent this happening again yes and no so bear with me on this one, um, because I, I, I fully understand that I am talking about a very sensitive topic where lives have been lost, and I am in no way an expert, so please do bear that in mind. Um, but for me, I think that typically these accidents happen more in the wet rather than the dry. So I like, And this is why I said that the stewards, I believe, are mostly at fault, because the conditions, you shouldn't have been racing in those conditions that's it like end of you should not have been racing in those conditions however had the safety features out of the track been slightly altered or whatever it is then obviously you probably wouldn't have had such a serious accident or 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 whatever um i think that the the runoffs potentially need to change um because i think that the runoff just before you go down that massive straight is not that big it really isn't that big um, and I think that it's just there's a wall of tires 
and then there's the the catch fence essentially and i almost feel like the tires should be twice as high almost um for a start i'm not saying that you know drivers are literally flying over the fence type thing um but the the i think that the tire should be twice as high but also there's no reason as to why they couldn't push that that uh tire barrier 10 15 meters further into the forest and have a much smoother um transition from the corner to the to the straight um, almost having a almost like a big runoff area like you have in turn one in Russia, like that bigger area, or even turn one in Austria. There's that massive area that you can that there's a runoff into. Um, I don't think gravel would help there, to be completely honest. Um, and please, for the love of God, do not put sausage curbs there because sausage curbs, I would argue, are more dangerous than they are helpful um so i think that that there's definitely stuff that they could do uh to make that track safer or that corner specifically because let's be honest the rest of the track at the moment isn't that dangerous it's that one corner which is essentially a widow maker at this point which is which is horrible um and uh, yeah i wh- what do you think because i mean i i i think it was 99 95% at fault of the stewards for me on this one um Honestly, I don't know. Um, because it's a sensitive subject, they've not released a lot of information. I don't want no. to make the, um, unfortunately, assumptions. Unfortunately, there was a clip that made it around I've not the seen the crash, I don't and like I specifically avoided it because I, I yeah, don't I, want to see that. I don't. I don't like to see things like that. Um, I think it goes back to what we were saying before is the stewards need to explain why. Yeah. Right? So at the moment, you're, you're putting the fault on the stewards, mm. but you don't know why. You're only looking at it from an external perspective. I'm not saying the stewards are right and wrong. Yeah. This is why we decided to True. go racing. Yeah. This is what we saw. We felt it was safe because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay. Mm. Now, I mean, I'm, it's sad that it took a, maybe it's taken a loss of life for them to say, actually, we shouldn't have done that and we're not going to do that. And these are our new procedures. So I'd like the stewards, I'd like there to be a report to come out and say why yeah. we made every decision. And the stewards need to um or whoever it was race director need to explain that but i think also what you say that corner does need to be redesigned i know there's a romanticism about spa and Eau rouge and the camel straight and it's a great track it's my favorite circuit of the entire um season but i would absolutely agree with you in like we need to make changes to that corner whether to slow it down whether to give more space like i said push it back yeah even if it changes the track because one incident is one too many. Yeah. Well, one death is one too many. But we've had and two like, in the past five years. Yeah. And you look at what happened to Lando, you look at what happened to K-Mag and the other, you know, really close calls. I think Sergio, again, he saved it up there and yeah. Fernando as well. It's just, if you don't do anything, it's going to happen again. And with Antoine, they didn't, they didn't do anything really. No. And it's happened again. Yeah. And if you think about it, no, I'm not saying the was it Formula Alpine he was racing in? Yeah, for the regional the, the, yeah. Uh just because they're slower doesn't make them no less dangerous than no. Formula One cars. Imagine if it's a Formula One car. I I actually, in in complete honesty, because of the safety features that are part of Formula One. I would rather crash in a Formula 1 car there than a Formula 2 yeah, or Formula 3 because those cars are so much bigger and so much safer. Now that leads into 
do we not think that the safety features that are coming from Formula One and Formula uh, Formula One need to make their way into these regional Formula cars and stuff like that? Because I, I, think, they, that I think they do. They do. They all adopted the halo. Maybe they need to uh, do more. Maybe these cars need yeah. to need to be bigger or whatever it is. But again, that doesn't that doesn't really equate to the corner itself because I think clearly the corner is the issue because you've yeah. still got Formula One cars crashing there. And let's say that Lando had gone off during the race and Vettel had followed him in and 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 driven into him um then we would be, we would still be talking about that incident yeah. rather and- than and it was during racing incidents um and I and I have read up like exactly what what happened with um Delano and it was just he span off and another car crashed into him unfortunately I just to confirm yeah. what it was because I wasn't entirely sure because I had been like avoiding some of the details because you just don't want to know um yeah. it's horrific especially after Antoine um and I think I know the clip gets memed quite a lot but in the mm. W series you saw the cars go off there oh yeah like uh, five cars go off yeah um and- but that was on the opposite side yeah, so but, so but still, as you're as you're coming up the hill so you take so it goes left and then swings right at the top of the hill and then goes left again just before you go towards the straight so the w series was at that first left they went straight off there this they he's gone left and then gone right and then lost it apparently by the looks of things and then another car is driven into him so it's it's a slightly different incident but i still believe that looking at that corner you can make those runoff areas a lot easier to deal with. Yeah. And I think this is going to, this is now the time for the FIA race organizers to like take action. Yeah. If they do nothing, I think that is, that's quite pathetic, really. I think that, it, in all honesty, if you are the FIA and you're looking at this incident right now and the fact that there was another incident a few years ago, um we're we're looking now into like great britain and then we have hungary and then we have belgium if the genuinely if the fia turn around and said within the next week we are not racing at belgium until the safety issues are addressed i'd fully support that i would support that. um like honestly if they said right what we're going to do is we're going to do a double header at because uh, obviously we're in we're in Hungary the week before they speak to the Hungarian organizers and they go we're going to do a double race at Hungary or they just um, cancel it like or they or they cancel the race or maybe they can they I don't know maybe they can find Turkey on a really short um uh, on a really short whim but if essentially if they cancelled or replaced the race I would fully support that because I just don't think that I don't think that in this day and age when we have so much data we have so many um. We have so many things that we can do to make racing safer that you can logically carry on racing at this event with the track layout in the way that it is, personally. Yeah, and all forms of motorsport, there's always going to be danger, right? Yeah, that's the thing. I understand it's dangerous. No, no, you can't plan for everything. And that's sort of the allure of the sport, right? That they're driving these cars at 200 miles per hour. Yeah. Um, that's also but, part of the draw of spa is the fact that you know that it is the one one of the most dangerous tracks yeah, in the world um but and and respect to every driver that gets into a car they it could be the last time and hmm. formula one and the fia have made serious strides over the past few years yeah but they can't they can't stop if there's a way to make it safer 
absolutely do it it's you know? something needs to be done because it's just it just isn't good enough yeah and it's multiple times if it was yeah. once maybe you could say it was a, a host of things and we're going to make changes but it's not it's twice and that's twice too many what what if they were to you know in um you know in france they have the uh, like on the runoff areas they're massive but they have these stripes which slow yeah. the cars down massively what if they were to have something like that on either side of oru so at the very least you slow that car down a little bit as it comes off that would be a good idea whatever they put in you know as long as like like you said it can't be gravel because if that car gets beached or yeah flipped, it can't be gravel you know, at that um, speed but they need to do something. Yeah, like, I, I think that those high again. traction um, stripes could be a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, literally fill the whole runoff area with those stripes because all they're going to do is ruin tires. They are not going to, like, you know, make it any worse. Yeah. I don't so, think. Yeah. Um, sad news, unfortunately, that overshadowed the weekend. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just not nice. It just isn't. There's no there's there's no other way of putting it. It is it is horrific. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we will we'll see some changes coming soon that uh, prevents that happening in the future. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, I'm just looking at it on a on like a satellite image, and you can very clearly see that there's that there's so much room for them to have a, a bigger runoff area. Like there is so yeah. much room. Um, that it just doesn't make any sense even if you just push the tire barrier back like five meters that could make all the difference and you can there's there's like a there's a big strip of tarmac there just put those slow down lines on it yeah. like just 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 to slow down the cars um yeah i think even if you were just to do that like it would it would help massively but again i am in no way an expert you are in no way an expert um but like there there is a reason why we don't race at the nurburgring is because it is due to too dangerous could spa yeah. be one of those tracks where we just say it's too dangerous could be could be like um, look, I, i'd be sad to lose spa but i would lose it if it meant we didn't lose any lives yeah absolutely so. um but it would be it would be interesting to to see what they do but again um thoughts are with the the uh Vanthoff's family um again i'm probably not pronouncing that correctly and i do apologize um but uh yeah it's it's horrific um but we cannot end this this podcast episode on such a downer note because that's not that's not nice whatsoever um but we can we won't talk about british grand prix that will come in the next episode but we can talk about some of the upgrades that came to came to the cars this weekend uh both with ferrari and mclaren receiving some upgrades and mercedes receiving a couple as well uh so in in terms of those those upgrades uh you can very clearly see that the mclaren ones are working pretty well or at the very least comparatively uh they're working yeah, pretty well I, I compared think from we'll, piastri we'll get to a, lando we'll get a more accurate picture when piastri gets the upgrade exactly in silverstone yeah. to see how well they're working and hopefully he'll be up there with lando yeah. is he getting uh, so are they both getting the 75%? I believe right? they're both getting the 75%. It's not going to be like he'll get 50, like Oscar will get 50, like he'll get the Austria upgrades and Lando will have Austria plus Silverstone. I'm I'm not exactly Are they both going to be sure. on equal footing? I'm I, hoping I, they're both I, I on equal footing. I think equal footing, but... They, they've, they've got to, just so they can compare data. 
Um, I so I actually think that the the thing that makes sense would actually be to tweak the fifty percent upgrades that were on, on Lando's car, tweak those based on data from Austria, and put those on Piastri's car to see whether or not there are any gains that they can make out of that. Then you also upgrade Lando's car with the seventy five percent package to see whether or not that affects the rest of the 50% upgrade package as well so that you have lots and lots of data to compare like let's say for example they upgrade the front wing um, on Lando's car but don't upgrade it on Piastri's they maybe find out that the old wing actually affects the rear diffuser more um, than the floor compared to Lando's upgraded front wing which affects the floor more and doesn't affect the rear diffuser or whatever it is I, I don't know but maybe they actually keep them different purely so that they have different data points I don't know um, I can try and find out uh, and see what the plan is <laughs> um, yeah so they've got it and obviously Ferrari their upgrades seem to be doing well and, and bringing some more balance and performance to the car um hopefully they'll continue to build on that and i guess the question now is because who do you think will win the first non-red bull race i don't know and a lot of people are saying aston and i think aston may have a chance at singapore but with mercedes's upgrades um seeing how they do at silverstone ferrari's coming up I can we'll see, put McLaren in there. I can <laughs> you know, you see never know. Ferrari but doing it. I think it. Ferrari. I think um, Ferrari would do but it. But I and I've I've said this multiple times. I think that the first non-Red Bull win will be in Hungary, and that, I yeah, think but... it will be somebody who hasn't won before. Oh, okay. So, so you're going for another so I'm saying situation. like another Esteban Ocon situation. Um, so it could be, honestly, this is an outside chance. It could be Hulk. You you never know, like 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 because because the Hungary always flips things on its head, and there's always some sort of surprise. It does. Winner in it Hungary. does when it's mixed conditions. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think I think it's going to be Charles. I think Charles will, will pull a win out somewhere. Um, I I hope that Charles managed to get a win this season. Um, yeah. or, or at the very least, maybe even sign, I'd take a signs win as well. But I think that yeah. if Max were to win every single race this season, well, he hasn't obviously, but Sergio has. But like, I think if Red Bull were to win every single race this season, like, it's just it is a bit boring. It is <laughs> because, because then like, next season they'd probably end up doing it almost the exact same again. It's just like, oh god, I know, it's this domination. Because um, like, as much as we love battles throughout the field, it is the fight for the podiums. The P1 is really what gets you excited. Yeah. And Red Bull and Max have done nothing wrong. Yeah. They built the best car. He's Lu the best driver. Lewis whining was very annoying. I'll be completely honest. Lewis Hamilton saying, oh, maybe you should only be able to develop next year's car <laughs> as of the summer break. Meh. Shut up. Shut up. Because for 15 million years, while well, you were dominating, you didn't say shit. So please stop whining, you whiny little baby, is the entire like thought of my, like, especially when he was on the radio saying, oh, this car sucks. Oh, it's, it's undrivable, man. Shut <laughs> up and drive the fucking car. Stop. Like, don't get me wrong, I have, the, I have the utmost respect for Lewis, but stop whining like a child, please. Because George isn't whining. I so, think George is happy. He's talk about Williams. that. Talk <laughs> about the fact that George is more than happy to be not driving a Williams. But, but I think that that's the, the difference, right? 
when you come from a winning car to a non-winning car. Yeah. That's how your mind works. True. It's kind of like, I know what we're capable of, and maybe that's a frustration. Yeah, true. George has went from non-winning to, he's won the race in there. Um, true. So, but you but you can see my point, right? Is the fact that you weren't point. saying it when you had to turn the engines down after three races because <laughs> you and Nico were eight miles ahead of everyone else. Like, like you weren't saying it then, so you're only saying it now because you're being a bit of a sore loser. In all honesty, um, so uh, yeah, whatever. Just honestly, Hamilton, just leave it alone. Um, again, I love you, but just shush. Um, yeah. just to go back slightly McLaren um, are facing a similar spec split between its two cars heading into the British Grand Prix it is still targeting at having 75% of the upgrade on both cars so there you go so the target is to have uh, okay. Lando and um, uh, Lando and Oscar on the same amount of upgrades um, but just, you know, just, um, it, it could just change. before we uh, end this podcast, because um, we we'll obviously we'll talk about Silverstone. Silverstone's going to be really interesting because you're going. Uh, yes, so, yes, I will be there. Um, yeah, it'll be good to hear your experience um, post Silverstone. Um, can we just talk about the meme with the Which red? Meme? Was it the the Iron Man guy with the who was floating through the Austria circuit oh, and he crashed God. and Oscar yes. was like. Oh my god, that it's just it just was the funniest thing in the world. Because so, you can tell Oscar just wanted to laugh. You can tell. Yeah, like, oh, oh, the camera's he, on. He me. was like, he you could tell he was sat there, he was like, oh, oh, oh no, it's the TV's cut for me. Oh yeah, no. I hope he's okay. Oh, hope he's man, it was just so fun. It's so funny. Yeah. Um it just was like the like it <laughs> you can't write this stuff. Uh, that director is like, and okay, now cut to Oscar. Yeah. I guess part of it was like, we don't. We need really to cut witness. away from we something, and then yes. I think it was just pure chance that they cut to a different camera of Oscar sat there watching the TV, and then he can see himself on the TV. Uh, it's so good. It is so good. That that, uh, that image, that 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 little video, that's a meme. Now. Uh, you can have anything, any little clip, Formula One or non Formula yeah. One related, and then just cut to Oscar. Yeah, just cut to Oscar going. Oh, oh no! It's like the Monaco Lance Stroll meme now. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's absolutely unreal. We uh, yeah. And uh, speaking of memes as well, we had a pretty good, uh, pretty good run on the on the Instagram and TikTok yes. channels. Um, so More if you, if for some reason you are one of the new listeners or you've decided to pick up the podcast, welcome. And also congrats for making it an hour and one minute and 38 seconds into a podcast um talking about this race uh so welcome uh trust me we've got a lot more shit po- shit posting coming your way uh and a lot more completely ridiculous opinions and bits and pieces to come actually do we want to talk about certain teams new livery or we, should we save that for oh, we're, the we're saving that for for next week mate okay we're saving right, that for then. next week well i, I guess thought, next it, episode because it, it was released now no 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 no. next episode <laughs> it is coming next episode uh so thank you very much okay. for listening because we've been running for an hour and two minutes now uh thank you very much for listening uh we will be back later on in the week um friday where we will release the episode talking all about the silverstone grand prix uh i like i said i'll be there i'll be covering some bits and pieces um and uh, so there might be some different content uh coming and also that means that next week's episodes may be a little bit delayed uh depending on my travel uh around the uk slash 
Denmark where I'm based so yeah do bear with us but if you haven't already please do like and subscribe to the podcast if you're watching it on YouTube listening on Spotify or streaming it on Apple Podcasts or your other preferred platform be sure to follow us because we've had a little bit of an influx so join the club why not yeah, um, and be and sure to leave us a rating tra- stay within the track limits stay within the bloody <laughs> track limits Ocon Esty <laughs> uh, the worsty honestly drive, learn to drive a car shut up <laughs> Uh, right, see you later. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> Honestly, okay. let's drive a car. Right. Like, take his license away. Super license points on him. <laughs> <laughs>